Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. I'm with Dan Volpone and Emily Anderson. Hello to both of you. Welcome back. It's another week. How has your week been, Dan? It's been good. I finally finished school, so I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Mazel tov. That's very exciting. Emily, what about you? How's your week been? Oh, my week was good. I'm almost finished with school for the semester. I only have one week left. Wow. So we're just Ooh. trucking through it. Yeah, really. This is our, uh, I think we have two more podcasts before actual basketball will start happening, which is a real shame. Um, but <laughs> I was going to say we have to get all of like the bullshit out of the way then, but I'm like, no, we'll just continue doing it. Exactly. Through the season. We'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just like spend an extra five minutes talking about the Sixers. That's what uh, we're here for. Our rundown is chock full of giant stuff to discuss this week. Later in the show, we're going to have the most likely game, the most handsome Sixers, definitive list of most handsome Sixers, and we're going to talk about the Bachelorette. Bachelorette. Um, mm-hmm. In the meantime, the Sixers are uh, sort of back, and their training camp actually starts today, which is Sunday. Um, but uh, they had their sort of media week, and they, uh, they were interviewing a bunch of different people and a bunch of Sixers and Doc Rivers talk. Just overall, before we get into the quotes themselves, did anything stick out to you guys in particular about the media availability, Emily? Um, besides Matisse's new hair. Oh my God, we have. So I figured <laughs> we would talk about that at the handsome Sixers part, but oh, okay, that's a real shock. I buried I the spoiled lead. <laughs> I know. I like it. I think I'm in the minority, but I like it. I wish it wasn't. I like it too. In a ponytail. I wish he let him out. You know what I mean? Like the. I like the ponytail. I don't know. It's kind of like Dwight Howard. He does the little ponytail. Dwight Howard does do a little ponytail. Maybe he's just like trying to be like Dwight. No, don't be like Dwight. (laughs) Matisse can't be like Dwight. Uh, He is is spicing it up though. Dan, what did you take away from this week of media availability? I, the one, the one, um, the one quote, I know it was, I forget who who said it, but I remember what it was about. And it was that that Doc Rivers was telling Ben and Joel that they need to be holding people more accountable this year. And apparently they were feeling good about that and mm-hmm. like agreed. Um, so that seems good. And um, then it also seems like, you know, Joel is having some fun again. Yeah. Um, and I know there was a few people tweeted out this quote. I don't know like if we should be like attributing these quotes to people, but um, 
to like you know who like reported them but mm-hmm. um that he was uh or it was from t- in tony bradley's i guess press conference where he said that joel um when he's guarding him says like this ain't rudy as in like like you maybe could score on rudy gobert but you can't score on me which yes <laughs> it's very fun yeah uh i think that yeah it's when Tony Bradley was reporting, like, talking about having the ball on offense facing Embiid, and Embiid was just talking lots of shit, which he used to do all the time, and hopefully uh, he's back in full swing. And, yeah, account- accountability is, like, the buzzword. Everybody is talking about it and how they lacked it last year. Josh Richardson got another mention and that uh, at the end of the year he said that there was no accountabil- accountability. It-, it seems pretty substantiated, and I guess we'll just see if uh, things get better this year. But everything uh, is 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 pointing up. I mean, do you guys remember last year's media day? Was was everybody depressed, or was were we also excited then too? We were excited. <laughs> God damn it! Wow, that's a shame. Yeah, we were we were all bought in on Al Horford. Like, uh, <laughs> this is a dark time looking back. It really is. Um, I- all right. Go ahead. Also, well, also, I really, and I think this happens every year too. It's like the same stuff happens every year and we get built up and then we get let down. But I know Joe said that him and Ben have been talking a lot this off season. They've been texting. He's like, if we're playing two on two, I want to play, I want him on my team. Like right. they really are trying to work on that. Like they want to bring a championship to the city together, which is what I want as well. So yeah. I'm all in on that one. Yeah, that might not sound like much, but I don't think we've ever heard that from them. I mean, they've always said the right things about playing together and being friendly, but it seems like there's a new commitment between the two of them to enhance that sort of partnership. I mean, a year ago at this time, they were talking about how, like, you know, they like each other fine. They're just not friends off the court. Uh-huh. Like, they're, yeah. like, work friends. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is, like, which is, like, fine, but kind of a weird thing to, like, actually articulate. Like Exactly. Like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, like, call someone, like, oh, like, yeah, like, you're just a school friend. Like, we don't, like, to say it, like, <laughs> to their face, like, no, we wouldn't ever hang out outside of this class. Not only like, to their face, but to the media is, like, a little. Yeah, to everyone. So, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so starting with the quotes, Kyle Lubeck of Philly Voice is where uh, I'm reading these off of. He had some pieces where he sort of put all these quotes together. Uh, Doc Rivers talking about, he goes, normal training camp, I would come in day one and know who's in shape and who's not. The reason that's so important is because of injury. You don't want to be working on something the guys literally physically can't maintain. Uh, So he mentions conditioning as a big thing to deal with during this, like, strange offseason. Was the Sixers offseason since they were swept so quickly is it about the same length that it usually is from when they stop playing to when they start playing I don't remember when they stop playing Emily do you have any idea I don't I know that like the Lakers are having a really short offseason but I don't know about the six <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and, and it seems like the Hawks short. have had like nine months off so it's yeah it's strange you think it's short then yeah, because normally, uh, so like, say the Sixers get eliminated. Let's say they win one series, lose a second, then they're eliminated like early to mid-May usually, and right. if the season's gonna start like late October or like mid-October. You have like the rest. Oh of yeah, yeah, half that's more right. So you have like June, July, August, September, and then like half of October, half of May. That's like five months. This season ended when September. 
this season and not for the Sixers. Earlier than that. Well, when did it end for the Lakers? I don't even remember when that was. Time doesn't make any sense anymore. It really doesn't. Was it August for the Sixers? It might have been, yeah, it might have been. Oh, like it was August. Very end it of was August. August. Yes, very yeah. end of August. The, right? Their playoffs lasted exactly one week. We did a podcast, and then our next podcast, it was all over. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. But it feels <laughs> like it was like seven months ago. I know. It feels so, like. And they're going to start in December, so you have September, October, November. Yeah, so it was like, it's like a month and a half shorter than usual. Yeah. Okay, so we got to the bottom of that. Oh, the other thing, Danny Green is not yet officially a sixer. There's some, like, hoops they have to jump, jump through in terms of, like, when exactly that trade can be completed because Green was already traded once, uh, uh, you know, like a month ago or a few weeks ago. So, yeah, that December 8th uh, on Tuesday, apparently, that can become official and, and he'll be in Philadelphia and all that. Um, so then they were asking Doc about uh, what sort of rotation and what he can see, what they can expect to see. He said, we're going to be very careful in what we do so we don't overthink this. I don't want them out on the floor thinking right now. But I guarantee you we'll run more pick and rolls, and I guarantee you'll see p- more pick and rolls with Ben and Joel in them. But I like a lot of stuff that they ran in the past, too. They had some pretty good movement stuff. Um, Pick and rolls are a new concept for the Sixers. Um, I, I just wonder how long ago some of these guys ran pick and rolls. On one hand, like I, I understand why Brett didn't run so many pick and rolls because Ben is not a very pick and roll ball handler because he doesn't shoot. So it seems like they could just go under everything. You know, they did a few of those like snug pick and rolls where like Embiid is in the post and Simmons will screen his man and, you know, they get something like a four or five sort of pick and roll. What do you think about pick and rolls? Have you ever heard of them? And what do you think they're going to be like for the Sixers? And can, I'm going to, this is a six part question. And can Embiid and Simmons run them together? Emily? Well, yeah, the pick and roll is a really new and innovative basketball concept that has just recently, I didn't run run them in my fourth grade basketball league or anything (laughs) ever. I think that's all we ran in fourth grade. Just like you set the pick and then you go. Right. Um, I mean, I get why they didn't run them before, like you said, but also it's just such a basic basketball play and also a very effective one. So if these guys can't run them, like effectively that's embarrassing i feel like yeah i will say they, they actually did run a ton of them when butler was here but that was a short yeah. period of time because you know he's a he's a pick and roll ball handler dan what do you think yeah it's just kind of is it is strange because i feel like i haven't like seen ben simmons's pick and roll ball handler enough to like really know if he can do it i i th- i think that you know, even though he can't shoot doesn't mean he, he can't be a pick and roll ball handler because we've seen him like especially his rookie year, if you remember when um, like people were still trying to figure out how to guard him, and he was like scoring much more effectively than he has uh-huh. kind of since then, because uh, guys were sacking off because they knew he wouldn't shoot the three, and he would like get ahead of steam and and get to the rim much easier once he had that space. Whereas he didn't when when guys were up on him, he wasn't able to get by him as easy. So right. maybe creating that extra space would be big for him, and then you know give him give him room to make a read and and build up build up some speed to get to the rim so right. I think maybe maybe it could work um, a little bit and especially you know if, if he has Joel rolling too then that could be pretty deadly but we'll have we'll have to see if right if you know that'll actually work so speaking of uh, Simmons and his game uh, a lot of the question is how is Doc Rivers going to handle the 
Ben Simmons shooting question. And he seems to be going a very specific route here. He said, uh, I care that he's a great player and I'm going to let him play. I'm going to give him the keys and let him be free and play. If he takes no shots, I'm fine. If he takes 10 threes, I'm fine. If he gets to the line 15 times, I'm fine. Ben is brilliant enough for me to allow him to play and not get in his way and try to cloud up his head with a bunch of crap. So we saw for a long time, Brett Brown sort of did the same thing where he said, you know, like he's a great player. I'm excited. You know, I just want him to play and be free and all that. Um, But, uh, and then at one point after Simmons made a three in the game, he said, you know, you can tell his agent, tell his family, tell his whatever. I want one three per game. Did not work. Ben didn't like it. Never shot again. Uh, So it seems clear that like Rivers wants to come in here and sort of build him up and, you know, like if he's going to start shooting, he's only going to do that from a place of confidence and not from a place of like a mandate, you know, like I don't think that that's going to work with somebody like Ben. What do you think about this angle? And do you think we will see Simmons shooting or is it one of those like believe it when you see it things, Dan? Yeah, I once on the first game back from the bubble, I put like 10 bucks on Ben making a three and he didn't even take one. So because of that, I will never say that Ben will shoot threes because I think that I I will just be a fool if I do that. But I do think it, it, it I understand, like, I, I think that it's not just a difference in like personal approach between Doc and, mm-hmm. and Brett here, because last year's Sixers team was for some reason seem seemingly built with the assumption that Ben was going to shoot. Right. Um, and everything was thrown off. It's not just that even if he were making threes, things would have still been thrown off with that team. But that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year they have more shooters around. They don't have as many centers on the court at once. So um, I think that it's not as important that he is shooting this year. And that's why, you know, Doc Rivers is definitely not going to make an issue of it, especially when he comes in and right. you know, wants to get these guys on, on his good side. Yeah. Emily, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with – Dan, and at this point in his career, I mean, he's still young, but I'm kind of in the mind of, like, I guess Ben's just not a three-point shooter, and why are we trying to make him one? Like, it's just not what it is. And so you, like Dan said, you can't build a roster around a guy thinking a guy's going to shoot threes when he's not going to. So I feel like this roster is better constructed to kind of let Ben play like he did, like, two years ago, like the Jimmy Butler team. I get very fixated on that team. It's still, it's a big heartbreak in my life. Yeah. But like that team worked and now we have these other shooters. So like, I don't know why the team with shooters that aren't Ben and let Ben do his thing. Like, why can't that work? I think that it can. Yeah. I I mean, I think, you know, in the playoffs, it might be difficult to have like your primary initiator be somebody who won't shoot. So I would love him to just build up a willingness to, you know, once or twice a game, when it's just like completely obvious and wide open for him to take a shot. We'll see, you know, like you guys, I'll believe it when I see it at this point. Um, The last thing with Doc Rivers quotes, there is a Shake Milton love fest happening anytime Daryl Morey or Doc Rivers talk. It's unbelievable. It's like, they are so, I don't, I mean, I don't think they're making this up. There's no reason for them to, to like do this for no reason. Uh, What Doc said is right when I took this job, Shake is where my focus has been. I've got to let him play even freer, which is crazy. And I will say that uh, when I told him that, he was very happy with the news. I told him I would hold him far more accountable defensively than I did for Jamal, as in Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams, for sure. But Shake has that ability in him. So 
Doc is basically saying that, you know, Shake is going to be the six-man type and, you know, handle the ball off the bench. Um, Daryl Morey did a Reddit AMA and said, like, immediately when he got the job, he was, like, calling Doc to talk about Shake Milton. I don't know. I love it. I think it's a great, a great thing that they are so in love with Shake. Um, what do you guys think of this? I think it's a great development. Emily, what do you think? I'm into it. Yeah. I... I like love when I feel like it's kind of similar to how before like the world caught on to Covington. I feel like it's how people talked about him. Like they were just kind of like obsessed with him in this like local front office bubble. And then he kind of caught on to the world. So I think, or maybe I just think the world has caught on to him, <laughs> but um, it's, it, it feels similar to that. Like this guy that we have that people that aren't, isn't on people's radar, but should be, and we're going to make him, be on people's radar by like developing him and I'm all for that yeah what I just remembered what Daryl said in his AMA was like we think that the NBA has no idea how good Shake can be uh so Dan what did you what do you think about the Shake Love Fest kind of feels like a bit like (laughs) like, they just they, they both just you know joined a team that has Ben and Joel and they're like can you believe the Shake Milton guy like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, he, he's he's obviously, you know, he's – what we've seen from him is he's nowhere near as good as Covington is or or even was then. Um, and I like Shake. I just – I think he's fine. I don't I, – I haven't seen anything besides that Clippers game, which makes me think that he's anything, you know, amazing. Maybe maybe he'll look better on a team that's built, you know, in a, in a more reasonable way. Um, and I, I feel – you know, I feel good about having him on the team – going into next year, I just don't see him as, you know, any kind of, you know, I guess, incredible player that would, you know, be worth all this excitement. Maybe I know I get it on Doc's end because he killed Doc in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was a 39. Yes. Um, He had 39. Yeah. 39. And um, I don't really, I guess, I think Maury's just like that. So um, (laughs) it's fun. It's, uh, it's nice to, have someone appreciate our, our, our role players. It's a good yeah. Time. Maury especially loves a diamond in the rough. Um, so I feel yeah. like he sees that and, and they have shake so cheaply over the next couple of years. So I'm sure they, mm-hmm. you know, want him to stick around and be like such a good value on that contract. Um, shake also just has a skill set that the Sixers aren't packed with, you know, that particular kind of like ball handler who's smooth and can make shots and pass decently. I love it. I think it's really fun. Has the the longest wingspan in the world. Extremely long wingspan. Definitely a handsome sixer. We'll see how he ends up doing (laughs) in the rankings later. It's always good to give a tease. Um, uh, Moving on to Ben Simmons quotes from his media availability, which, first of all, he was supposed to do them one day, and (laughs) there was some miscommunication, and the writers were waiting around for, like, two hours, and then they said, ah, we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, Some people were like, did he get traded for Harden? I, I think it's just a lot of fun. I think that whatever happens, so there, much fun. It's a, I mean, if if we were on the call, probably would be less fun, and you know, waiting to see him talk. Uh, but just as people scrolling through Twitter, I think it was a fun thing. Um, ben Simmons during his official media availability said, talking about last year's team, we didn't know when we were going to get a bucket, who was going to get us a bucket. Uh, from that to knowing what we needed to be in all the time people being held accountable for certain things, whether it's a minor thing, it all plays a part. We weren't in a position to go into that bubble and win. I think our mindset was off and accountability is a huge part of winning. 
bringing in Doc and all those guys in and Doc's team with all these coaches around the maturity has definitely risen with this team. And I think it's going to be great to see that and see guys accountable for certain things and come here with a different mindset and also having those vet guys come in like Dwight, Danny Green, that's really going to set the bar. Um, so more accountability stuff. As he said last year, they had no shot to win when they entered the bubble. I wish they would have told us that would have been a big help and a time saver and emotion saver. Uh, Emily, Not that what much you... of a time saver though. They weren't there. That long. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just mean my, my mental space time. I would have, I would have moved on quicker. Um, Emily, what do you think of these, uh, Ben quotes? Um, yeah, they're fine, I guess. I'll see. I like, it's one of those, like, yeah, that's what you should say that we sucked last year because you know you sucked in the in like hindsight's twenty twenty. But let's actually do it this year and be good. That's right. what I would like. Yeah, I I would also like that. Dan, what do you think? So, yeah, I I mean I I guess you know, I guess I I just don't care really. Like it, guys are gonna say whatever. I mean I guess I'd rather him say that than say like, oh we were right there. If I didn't get hurt, like we're gonna keep doing the same right. dumb shit this year. Like. Right. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they do this every year. Um, and, and, and not just the Sixers, every yeah. team does this every year. Like in, in football, this guy is came to camp best shape of his life. Like, you know, the, this, you know, James had LASIK this year. Like he's good. He's going to, uh, he's going to be great. And then Taysom Hill plays over him when Drew Brees gets hurt. Like, it's just like this kind of thing we always hear. Sorry. It's Sunday. I'm thinking about yeah. football. Alshon Jeffrey's but... in the best shape of his life. I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> I can see it really Alshon see Je- it on the field. He looks great. He looks great out. Alshon Jeffrey is probably jumping his I think his vertical might be less than mine at this point. <laughs> like he 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 he's he's barely moving out there. His forty time <laughs> definitely is, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's right he's running like a six two. It's rough. It's really not good. I hate that team. Um uh I agree I agree. I mean if the other option was him being like, you know, last year we really could have done it. Um, if I was healthy, you know, that would have been annoying to me because it's like, no, you were bad all season last year when everybody, anyway. Um, yeah. So then he went on, they asked him about, uh, Joel and him, uh, and sort of that relationship. He said, we've had multiple meetings already, Joe and I with doc on how this is our team and we need to be responsible and hold each other accountable on the floor and off the floor. And Doc is going to put us in the right position to be successful. Only time will tell, but I'm very excited for that. I think it's going to work out well. Um, the obviously more accountability chat, which is fun. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm happy to hear that they're having meetings together and and talking about holding each other responsible on and off the floor. I don't think that either of them have been like real leaders yet. Um, and I think they need to be. So, uh, you know, they're still young, but this is the time to like, take that step, especially after a humbling season like last year. So, uh, you know, it's another one of those, like, we'll see. But I hope that, you know, this is legit. And, um, you know, they Tobias Harris was such a leader last year because they really didn't have one. And Tobias is a natural vocal guy. So, um, yeah. Emily, what did you think about uh, that kind of stuff, about the meeting with him and Doc and Joe? What do you think? Um, yeah, I like any time that – joe and ben speak to each other we just don't like see it a lot we don't ever see them talking we don't so to know that they like have spoken in the past is comforting to me i don't i worry that their holding accountable styles are very different like on the court like i feel like 
sometimes Joe can get a little heated and then Ben doesn't respond well to that. So I think that that's something that Doc will need to work through with them because Ben to me has the kind of like, screw you, you can't tell me what to do attitude sometimes. Like I'm Ben Simmons and Joe is like, this is my team, I'm Joel Embiid. So that's the problem with having kind of two alpha guys sharing a team. So hopefully Doc can kind of have them work through that. It's what I wanted Brett Brown to do with Jimmy Butler be like, listen, you guys make it work because we can win a title with you two. Right. And no one was willing to do that. So hopefully Doc is that person. Dan? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it, it, it'll be, if it happens, it'll be nice to have Ben and Joel be, be leaders. I think there's um, there's value in having, you know, the people who are holding others accountable be your best players as opposed to, you know, Tobias, like your seventh or eighth best player. So it'll it'll be good if if Ben and Joel can can and step up in that so <laughs> seventh or yeah. eighth best player. <laughs> the well, shade, listen. the subtle shade is unreal. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll 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 it, it would be it would be good if they if they took on that leadership role. And also I think, you know, there's there's a like they're the guys people naturally look to anyway. Like when people are watching Tobias go one for 12 in a playoff okay, game. Okay, no all right, all right. No <laughs> Seriously, when he tries to hold you accountable, they'll be like, maybe you should work harder. Uh-huh. Um, all right, since you brought it there, we'll get, we'll, we're not done with the Ben stuff, but I'll fit in one Tobias Harris quote. He said, there's a real seriousness and a real vibe in the gym of, hey, we got to get our respect back. We have to really come uh-huh. out. <laughs> we have to really come out with this type of demeanor that we have something truly to prove this year um i think that's fun i hope they they really feel that way and i hope that uh it all works out uh okay simmons he has been working with sam cassell which is fun sam cassell has like helped a lot of point guards and uh he's done a lot of good work with that and then the big question i believe howard eskin asked uh simmons about taking jump shots and Ben said, uh, it's important to make shots, but it's more important to win. So however the winning happens, it happens. I know Doc and Sam are going to put me in the right positions to do that and be dominant. So I'm just going to, I'm just looking forward to being out there and seeing what they have to offer in terms of my situation on the floor and where I'm going to be. Dan, what do you think about that response? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously more important to win. I'm not sure that that needs to be said or like there needs to be any distinction drawn between shooting and winning like I don't think anyone's Mm -hmm. like saying like oh go miss some shots even if we lose (laughs) um like the whole point is they wanted to shoot because it would help them win but um I mean listen I don't it's it's the same Ben shooting thing like yeah whatever hope he does probably won't it's fine yeah Emily I kind of disagree with I agree with Ben's statement, but I kind of disagree with Dan because I feel like the way Sixers media and Twitter are like so obsessed with Ben shooting is like if Ben took five threes and they lost, people would be happy. Like, so he's kind of saying like, don't worry about all the shooting nonsense. If we win, like it's fine. And I kind of agree with him there, but it's like people are so obsessed with him shooting and yes, it would help them win. But if they're winning without it, like I said, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing that it seems like he's cut out is like the videos that he would put out like in the off seasons <laughs> of him shooting 
so much. Like every video was him just jacking from three. And he hasn't done any of those. Uh, and he's fully healthy. That's the other thing that uh, I don't think we mentioned. He's fully healthy oh, right, and, yeah. you know, ready to go. Um, and even last year when they asked him about shooting, he said, if I'm open, I'll take it. So, you know, it seems like he's going the other way on it. And just who knows if, if the only person who knows if he's going to shoot is him. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, he's really good and they can be really good with him. Uh, I would just worry that when things get sort of bogged down, in the playoffs, it's harder to have a guy who won't shoot. But if Danny Green and Seth Curry and uh, Dan's favorite Tobias are out there, then then there's a good chance that, that they can get by. So, uh, yeah, all in all, decent stuff from him. We move on to Embiid. Um, they're asking him about uh, last, last season, which didn't go well. He said, I feel like we didn't have what we needed, especially when it came to shooting, because nowadays in the NBA, you've got to be able to shoot the ball. You've got to be able to shoot to space the floor it's hard to play just inside out all the time you know I lead the I led the league in post-ups or I led it this past year in the past few years but still people want me to post up more that's understandable but then again you got to find a balance in between making sure everybody is involved and then also giving me the ball you've got to mix the game up mix your game up um, if I spend a lot of time on the block all game, they're not going to respect my outside game and I need to be able to space the floor. A lot of the stuff he's said before, I don't think, you know, a lot of people want him to post up on every single play. And I just don't think that's a, a tenable situation for any player. But <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It, it, that's exactly right. It's like you don't want him to just be like a battering ram all game. Um, and you should be able to find him easier looks and like, especially with the amount of responsibility he has defensively. Um, so, yeah, Emily, what do you think about that kind of stuff with uh, Embiid's comments on last year's team and about mixing up his game? I really think that, like, that's literally the exact same quote that he said last year. Like, I think he wrote <laughs> it down and read it. I just, it just is like deja vu for me almost. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Dan? Yeah, same thing. It's like, it's, he's right, so... He's right. Um, and uh, they also asked him about, oh, the thing we forgot to talk about with Ben Simmons is that he said that he's moving in with Joel <laughs> to Joel's house. Um, and some people took that seriously. It seemed pretty obvious to me that he was fucking around and like making a joke about how much people talk about their relationship. Joel obviously has a newborn and there is coronavirus. So yeah, I don't think that they're going to actually be rooming together. Did you at all believe it when, when Ben said that uh, he was going to be rooming with Joel, Dan? No. <laughs> I mean, I, like, why, why would you, Joel has, like, a longtime girlfriend and a, and a like, a couple-month-old son. Like, right. you're just going to, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm. We'll hear and live with a, a newborn while I'm. <laughs> single yeah emily anything on the roommates no i mean i didn't believe it but i would like it to happen and like them record <laughs> it and make like a youtube series i think that would be really fun like oh, this I would is love it. i feel like we've just found like our yeah. our first like pilot that we write we'll write the ben and joel roommates with the baby series it's like two men and a baby right but the like sixers ben putting a diaper on arthur would be really fun and Figuring out yeah. We'll bring Michael yeah. Weber back to help us with this. Let's yeah. do it. And then we'll, we'll do a live read on the podcast. I love that. I think it's a great idea. 
Um, so also more Joel quotes in the regular season, you can go fast, but then you get to the playoffs and the game slows down and where we had our struggles last year was in the half court. One of the things I told coach is we basically, it was basically, we have to make sure our half court game is great because last year at times we didn't know what to do. Uh, we're not fighting to make it. We think we can make it. And that's what we're getting ready to do. We think we can win an NBA championship this year with this roster. Uh, I think it's great that they're thinking about half court stuff and like having actual actions that they're going to so many times last year, it was just like, don't know what to do. Give the ball to Joel, let him back up into his man and hopefully he'll get fouled. And a lot of times that works, but it's just not a very, cause you know, also, you know, he would get doubled and then you're passing out to Al Horford or, you know, the quadruple post off oh, the worst possession in basketball. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think that that stuff's cool. Do you guys have anything on that? I disagree that they can win this year, but um, <laughs> at least why? Because Tobias is on the team and not Chris Paul. No, not because Tobias is on the team because they don't have other, they don't have enough good players on the team. I like the team, but they'll be fun. I think, I, but they should think they can win. I just, and if Ben and Joel take the step, then I would be wrong, and maybe they right. can. Right, but you know, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to bank on that, and um, I wouldn't bet them to win. But you know, I, I think that they'll, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're fine. They'll be fine. They'll be less frustrating, hopefully. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I agree that you know, that, you know, they do need to focus on the half court. The game does slow down in the playoffs. That's why the Bucks suck in the playoffs every year. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is important, and they can't become a team that, like. The, the opposite, the, the the remedy to last year's problems are not, you know, become the Bucks. Like because the Bucks again, they're they play for threes, layups, and fast breaks, and in the playoffs it's not that easy. And you need you need people to hit tough shots, and you need you know you need to know what you're doing when the game slows down. So the Sixers need to you know realize that that is a big problem area, and I'm glad that they are. So uh, one last. Embiid thing, um, uh, Emily already mentioned that he said the stuff about Simmons, about if they're running twos, he wants to be with Ben, and they've been texting and talking a lot. Very fun. Uh, the last thing, Embiid has said all of this stuff before, but I uh, just love to read it. When uh, he goes, I want to play in one city for the rest of my career, and this is where I want to be. I want to be able to make it happen that we rewarded the city and the players for the trust they had in me especially after missing two years and everything that I've been through, losing my brother and also starting a family here. I mean, my son was born in Philly. So that's why I want to win so bad and just to reward the fans for the trust they have in this process. Um, he's the guy. He's the best ever. Um, I, you know, he's the greatest. Emily? I love him so much. Yeah. I don't know. I... And I believe him. Like, I don't think he's pandering. If he was pandering, it would be working. But I, right. I really do think that, you know, based on all the stuff we've read, especially before he be started playing, like, those two years he was out about, like, when he lost his brother and the hinky stuff and being here and building this trust with, like, certain people here, he just really seems like he's the kind of guy that, like, wants to, like, lay root somewhere and stay. He's not, like, a he doesn't strike me as like a ring chaser kind of mm -hmm. situation. And I just, I love him so much and he's our guy. Yeah. I mean, he's always said that stuff, but I started to get nervous over the last year when they were doing so many things, they as in the front office, we're doing so many things like 
in opposition of him. Like a GM was shitting on him in the media and then they won't even fire his staff and let somebody else come in. Like, yeah, it, it got to the point where I wouldn't have blamed him for asking out of here. So I'm happy that he's in a much better place with the organization from top to bottom now. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that like there, I think there's like some, some evidence that he's being genuine here other than just him saying it. Right. Like, like he's, if you look at if you look at what happened with the team last year, like they were a disaster, but you don't hear the same kind of things that you heard about the Clippers last year, where people were miserable and fighting, and and you know, uh, and he 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 you know, despite everything, you know, you mentioned the the burners, but even just letting Butler and Reddick go, right? Um, um, he has not asked out. There's been no whispers about him. There there's been nothing like we can you know presume that he's been like pissed off about those things and didn't seem like he was having as much fun last year but there's been no you know rumors in the media that he's unhappy or that you know that you know if the Sixers don't do this then Joel's going to do this like mm-hmm. there's no there's no threat of him ever ever leaving or or causing a or causing any kind of you know poor situation like um like you know Harden kind of is right now in Houston um it does really seem like he's he wants to be here, like not just for because the basketball team is a certain way, but because he he likes it here, wants to be here. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it it all comes across. I think a lot of guys, when they're asked, like, "Do you still want to be here in this city?" It's impossible to lie. Like, I mean, it's impossible not to lie. Even if you want out, you're just gonna be like, "Yeah, I love it here." Blah blah. blah. But he seems to say it so many times without being asked, and like. He takes it himself to say, like, he wants to – I remember him – he mentioned Dirk before about, like, a guy in one city for his whole career. So uh, I certainly hope that they just keep that trust that he has in them now and keep, you know, prioritizing him going forward. And it certainly seems like Daryl is all for that. Um, And and everyone wants to be that guy who stays somewhere forever. But it's easier to say it than – everyone at least wants to say they want to be that guy. But, like, Uh it's it's – some people, obviously, some people, you just can't. Like, the team doesn't pay you enough money and someone offers you more, but for a max contract guy, it's yeah. also easy to say, you know, I, this is a tough situation for me to win in. But yeah. it seems like Joel wants to stay. Yeah, for sure. Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple, if you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just got to have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Um, so the, the schedule came out for the first half of the season. Uh, Sixers preseason is going to begin on December 15th against Boston and their regular season opens up on the 23rd against the Washington Wizards and Russell Westbrook, who was traded 
for John Wall and a first-round pick. What did you guys think of that trade? And then do you think the Sixers are going to lose opening night? Uh, I'm excited to see, like, whatever Russ Westbrook and, and, and Bead stuff there is. Uh, what did you guys think about uh, that kind of stuff? And what did you think about that trade specifically, Dan? Yeah, the trade was kind of weird, I guess. You know, I feel like it almost doesn't matter. They're such they're – so, they, they feel like very similar players to me at this point. You know, like, not, not good shooters, very athletic, um, bad contracts, Walls coming off the injury. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, Harden probably didn't want to play with Westbrook anymore from, from what it seemed like. So uh, it's interesting. Any shakeup is kind of fun. Um, is that first game in Washington? Oh, hang on. Because if it's in Washington, the Sixers are definitely going to lose. Uh, <laughs> they never, they never win in Washington. Um, the Wizards give them a terrible time. Um, no, the first game is home. All right, so I'll say they win the first game then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, the the preseason thing is kind of funny to me. The fact that like they usually have like a few weeks or at least a couple weeks, and they have eight days, which is as long as their postseason was, which is interesting. <laughs> and uh, like, what do you, what do you, what are you gonna do in that? Like, what is even the purpose of that time? Like, no one's gonna get in shape in that time. It, it almost feels like you're risking the kind of thing that they, they had when, um, when football started this year. And you remember, like, like week two, everyone got hurt. It was just yeah. like all of a sudden there were like so many big names going down everywhere. Like, not just you know a few games, like across the league. And it, it feels like they're putting themselves at risk for something like, you know, guys. I know it's not football and guys are not getting hit all the time but you know to to not have the same kind of length of camp and preseason um, and to have you know not have gyms open throughout the offseason I think it it is a little bit scary especially with Ben and Joel's history yeah so Emily what do you think about that trade and you know the Sixers starting off against Washington yeah I think that they'll win that game because I kind of think that one thing that they have going for them is that their like core stars Ben and Joel are coming back where who like Russ is I guess the Wizards new star and Beal they've never played together so like they're gonna have to be figuring stuff out still and Beal's gonna hate him (laughs) yeah um and so like we'll kind of have some stuff figured out from before so I think that like is in our favor because I think the first couple maybe two weeks of the season is kind of going to be like an extended preseason I know I know the games are going to count but they're still going to be working through like plays and offenses and schemes in actual games that count for sure Rivers is going to have to be careful with minutes uh, especially with those two guys I feel like at first you have to be careful because you know um, soft tissue stuff can definitely happen if they're not ready to go so I think it'll be important in training camp and in whatever preseason they have to get that going. So the Sixers have a favorable first eight games of the season. They have uh, Washington, the Knicks, the Cavs, then the Raptors, uh, Orlando, Charlotte, Charlotte, and Washington again. Um, Last year, the Sixers lost to all of the bad teams. Uh, especially on the road. So we'll see if that still happens. Um, and also, friend of the podcast, Keith Pompey, tweeted that they're, like in baseball, they're doing a couple, like, series. Mini-series. You know? They're weird. Mini-series. Right. So the Sixers have, uh, in the first half of the uh, schedule, they have the Hornets, a two-game series, January 2nd to 4th. 
the Heat, January 12th to 14th, the Celtics, January 20th to 22nd, at the Pistons, January 23rd to 25th, and at the Raptors, February 21st to 23rd. I think that's going to be cool, like playing the same team. They're basically like home and homes, but, you know, you play the same team back-to-back. Hopefully some anger and fun will happen from that. Where is Toronto playing? Do we know? Are they Tampa. Florida, yeah. Okay, right. yeah. I didn't know if it was, like, confirmed. Yeah, I believe that, yeah, they play in Tampa now. I hope they change it to, like, we the south, I think. <laughs> yeah, they have to. I think they have to. They're not the north, sorry. Not anymore. Uh, Dan, what do you think about uh, that sort of – do you think the Sixers are going to perform well with this eight-game start that they have? Uh, I have no idea. I uh, I hope so. I – one thing I'm excited for is you mentioned like the, the little series type thing. So they play Boston twice in three days at home and both games are on ESPN. So um, that'll maybe be a fun stretch, maybe be a painful stretch. Right. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to that. Um, I don't, I don't know how they'll, they'll start. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what to expect from this team. I'm yeah. struggling to be as optimistic as some others, which it's sad because last year I was just like, yeah, Al Horford, sure, why not? Like, talk myself <laughs> into it. And I think it's just after watching last season, it's harder to talk myself into, like, oh, it was just a quick fix and, like, Daryl brought in a few shooters and we're good. So we're we'll all going to find out together. Um, all right, most likely game. Emily is hosting or uh, judging, uh, so you take it away. And we're doing, right. we're doing just new Sixers, right? Like, just the, just the people on our, on our list for the handsomes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Th- that that's the master list, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And fr- and I guess like coaches in front office eligible as well. Sure. Sure. All right. I like it. Okay. These are. I'm really like reaching at the bottom of the barrel these days to come up with these questions. So <laughs> some of these have taken a turn, but it's fine. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So first, most likely to love going to the zoo. Oh, I get to pick who goes first, right? Dan, you can go first. Yeah, I, I think that it would be Joel because he would be telling everyone the whole time that he would go to the lion and say, I killed one of these with my bare hands when I was in Africa, which is what he told everyone when he came to the United States, which obviously is not true. Um, and I think that he would really enjoy, and he's so big, like some people would maybe believe him. So I think <laughs> that... Uh, I think he would he would have a have a good time, you know, messing around at the zoo. Um, I I would go to the zoo with Joel, so I would say Joel. Um, I will say Justin Anderson. His nickname is Simba, which is that of a lion. Um, and uh, I think that uh, that's the end of my answer. We really fixated on lions here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ex- like excluding the lion exhibit who is going to the oh, zoo that changes everything that changes everything <laughs> um i'm actually gonna give it to steve shocked because one only because dan i feel like you left out the most important part that joel has a child that he could take to the zoo we just mm. really left that out and i thought that was a selling point it's not about the children kids <laughs> love the zoo kids love the zoo they did. As oh, a former nanny, kids. let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, the zoo is pretty cool. I get. What I, I love the zoo. It. I really do. Okay, I told you these questions are not good. I liked it. I like the question. That's a good one. <laughs> um. 
Okay. Who is most likely to have met Arthur? Joel's Arthur. Which non Joel fixer? Right. Joel doesn't count in this (laughs) one. This is a stipulation. The the son. Yes. Yes. The baby. Most likely to have met Joel's son, Arthur. Wow. Um, Hmm. And you can pretend like COVID and quarantine does not apply, like Mm. in a safety sense, just like you would want to meet. Yeah. Sure. Or they FaceTimed. Um, Yeah. I am going to say, I'm going to say Ben Simmons. They've already been texting. So maybe they threw a FaceTime in there and they're talking about pick and roll. One of them is on the Wikipedia page for pick and roll being like, all right, what is it? What, have you heard of it? And they're talking, you know, one, you know, they're reading the description aloud. Uh, and then Arthur's in the background being fed or something. I think that Simmons is the answer. Okay. All of a sudden, in my mind, they're best friends. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what I've decided. I think that's a good answer, but I'm going to go with Daryl Morey if he's eligible here. Great answer, because yeah. we know that they have Facetime. Uh, oh, and that's right. We know they Facetimed, and you know we have the uh, kind of hinky connection, so it was pretty. They could probably get you know personal pretty fast. So I'll go with Morey. All right, I'm going to give that one to Dan. Yeah, good answer. Just because he has the confirmed Facetime in there. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. You yeah, have no proof, Steve. <laughs> They're only texting. We don't know that they FaceTime. We don't sure. know if they've. Okay. Um. Who is most likely to have been kidnapped as a child? Dog. <laughs> All wow. right. Well. <laughs> because he's friends with JJ, but as a child. He just wasn't in the U.S. So I'm going to say Brokoff because <laughs> he has that look about him where it just looks like, you know, he, he, he looks like, you know, he could be tricked into something dumb, you know, like he just, yeah, he kind of looks a little gullible to me. So he, he believed a stranger and it was bad. It was bad. Um, I'm going to say Dakota Mathias. Um, because he looks like any kid on any like lacrosse team in Montgomery County that you've ever seen. Uh, I think it was an accidental kidnapping. A mother thought that he was like legit their kid and picked him up. So yeah, I think that it was not a criminal act, but Dakota Mathias, welcome to the show. Hmm, That's tough. (laughs) Two equally bad answers. I'm going to give it to Steve. Love it. I'm going to give it to Steve. Love it. I got that question because I have this, I like to ask like really weird, morbid, like what would you do questions? And sure. my new one is like, at what, if you've been kidnapped as a child, at what point in a relationship do you tell that person? Like, is it a first date conversation? Is it like a post engagement conversation? Like, when do you tell them like, Oh, by the way, I was kidnapped. Wow. So, I feel like you need so I many more details. That, you just say, hi, I'm Dan. <laughs> as a child quick thing about me right <laughs> because if you have like a common name or it wasn't a famous kidnapping you could probably get away with it but if you were like elizabeth smart like the person's obviously gonna know you're kidnapped so like you kind of have to lead with it right most these are the things be. that i think about when i'm alone so <laughs> a little insight to my brain anyways moving on who 
is most likely to love the color purple the that color not the movie or book mm. like the, physical the color, color. purple <laughs> oh okay so you are saying it is the color purple not the color purple the movie right like this like this color color who most, yeah who would like that's that? how i came up with the question i saw great. that in this that's room. great um <laughs> i am going to say dwight howard he's been putting stuff on instagram in very i think red coordinated suits with i believe his wife so red is not so far from purple i uh maybe him he's he's an odd fella maybe he has like a completely purple room in his house you know no disrespect <laughs> to, to color purple the movie or the color dan go ahead i'm gonna say matisse he was a washington husky oh. they were purple everyone loves their college their wow. college colors he would look cute in purple so matisse wow gonna have to give that one to dan <laughs> I'm shocked. Maybe there's a purple room in his house. I don't know. <laughs> he seems like an odd fellow. Red and purple are close. Great. Great. Good stuff. Bringing you. It's See, and I was hoping, right? yeah, and I was hoping someone would like blow, like blow the other one out because these questions are really bad so we wouldn't have to get to all of them, but <laughs> you're tied and this is really screwing me over. That's no, funny. this is good. This is going well. Yeah. Okay. Who is most likely to be really bad at fantasy football? Interesting. Really? Well, I'll go with the guy. Mm, no. Uh, all right. This is this is tough. I. I have no idea. Uh, I'll go with Tobias Harris, um, just because he's so bad. At, he's so bad at basketball. Maybe he'd be bad at fantasy football too. All right. Um, I am going to say, who would be really bad at this? Um, I think Joel would be terrible at fantasy football. I don't think that he is super plugged in. I know he likes the Packers on a sort of in a in a uh, general way. But I don't think that he's, like, super into, like, you know, picking up Ryan Suckup on the waiver wire. I don't think that he would really be that into it. So I'll say Joel. Hmm. I'm going to give it to Dan. Yo. Yes. I don't really like his reasoning. I just think Tobias is probably worse <laughs> at fantasy football than Joel. That's fair. Because he spends Joel more time likes, reading. And Joe likes gaming. And, like, he plays, That's like, true. video games. So he probably – I don't know. That's true. This, like I said, not a great question. Okay. I think they're great. I'm winning. <laughs> I'm so. having a great time. Dan, you could win on this one. Um, Woo! Who is most likely to love watching baking shows? Ooh. Steve Lipman. Great British Bake Off. Holiday well, cookie challenge. Can't get enough. Et cetera, um, et cetera. Okay, who's most likely to love doing that? Um, I'm going to say Shake Milton. Uh, Shake tweeted at some point last year that like he wants all the homies to start meditating and you know really get in touch with themselves. I feel like there's something meditative about baking, uh, and there's certainly something meditative about watching those shows. I can't get enough of them. Shake seems very in touch with himself and in touch with self-care. So I, I would say Shake Milton, final answer. 
I think it has to be Tyrese Maxey. I mean, if you just – and here's why. Well, first of all, you know, he's, got, he's got a good smile about him, all right? I feel like you, you got you – got, I, I can just picture – just imagine this, right? He's got like – he's like kneading some dough and he's smiling and he's like – he's cooking along with the show. You know, like okay. he's, making some, he's making dinner while the show's on and he's just having a great time. And maybe someday he makes his own show and he's cooking. And he's just he's just smiling the whole time. That's my wow. answer. I'm fine with it. I'm I'm I think that was that was my answer. I'm proud of it. I wouldn't change it if I could. <laughs> From Dan's answer, I feel like we know that like he has never watched a baking show because like you can't bake along with them. Well, no, you can bake not along with them. Well, I've been here's because I've been watching a lot of Bob Ross, so it's just oh, he like tells you to paint along, and you paint. but. But, you know, he could maybe he's making his own dinner while they're making it. I don't really watch the baking shows, but I still feel good about my answer, even if it doesn't make sense. Well. All right. Well, I'm going to give that one to Steve. Hey. That's right. a great answer. I, really, I think Shake does like Great British Baking Show. Yeah. So we're going to, Definitely. this is your nightmare. We're going to read all of the questions you prepared. I know. <laughs> I've done this to myself, so... <laughs> I, I was in control of what happened, and right. I've done this to myself. Okay. Who is most likely to have a burner account on NBA Reddit? A burner account on NBA Reddit. I don't think it's Joel because he could just say whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with Seth Curry. Um mm. Because Reddit can be pretty brutal, right? So, like, you know, he's the worst Curry. He's worse than his brother. And, like, that's pretty objective. But, like, you know, he can't, like, he can't, like, you know, be like, I'm actually really good. Like, like you know, so, like, I, I, I beat Steph growing up. Like, when we play one-on-one, like, stuff like that. Like, he can't, he can't do that. But maybe he's, like, harboring some, like, you know, like, maybe, like, inside, like, this really hurts him. That, like, you know, he's always compared to, like, his brother and he's just he's like you know he's had such a good NBA career and like if he weren't Steph's brother people would be so impressed with him so he like feels the need to like you know tell everyone that actually like you know he shot a higher three-point percentage than Steph the last few years and like no one wants to talk about it because Steph has the rings but like he can't say that you know under his own name because it's not classy it could cause some family drama but he needs to set the record straight so he has a burner account on NBA Reddit. I'm gonna say Danny Green um, last year in the playoffs, Danny did not shoot particularly well, um, but fans were freaking out online about Danny Green. Uh, he, he missed one big shot at the end of a game where LeBron kicked it out to him, missed it, he was open. Um, Danny Green, I believe, would go in there and defend his good name anonymously and be like, well, he actually started on the last two championship winners and he's really good and uh, good defender, good shooter, nice guy. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to say Danny Green uh, because he has, I think that he's a more divisive figure uh, on the internet. I like both those answers. Those were like the best answers of the whole game. So maybe it's good that we took it to seven. Thank God. Because um, all of my other questions were just crapshoots. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to Dan. I oh. really like... I like the Curry family angle of it. Also, he could, like, be posting burners about Paul George, who, like, dated his wife. There's, like, that whole element. Mm. Uh, he could, like, talk bad about his father-in-law. 
if he's mad at the coach. There's like a lot of angles to that Seth Curry uh, burner, and I like it. So Dan wins this week. Well, congratulations, Dan. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome, Dan. Um, all right. So <laughs> great game, guys. During this week, we did probably the most work we've ever done in between podcasts by coming up with our list of our most handsome Sixers. I agonized over this. It was not easy for me. Uh, so we ranked them least to most handsome. Uh, and then we sent them into Emily, who was going to come up with the master list, combining our rank choices for one mm-hmm. definitive most handsome rankings. Uh, so Emily, you take it away. And I have mine up just in case I vehemently disagree with something I will yell. Go ahead. I'll have mine okay. up too. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to do least to most? Do you guys yeah. want to like guess who the most is first and then we'll do it? Do you want to like Start guess Start at the anything? least handsome maybe and yeah. then okay. just work our way up? And if, there's, right. and if there's one that comes up that you guys, either of you, strongly disagree with, we can talk about it. Okay. Sounds good. So what I did, just to tell everyone, is I gave everyone a point. Like, if you were number one, you got one point. If you were number 20, you got 20 points. And then I added them all up, and then I just sorted them high to Don't low, and that 19. was our list. We only have, like, 19, though, right? Unless I, I might have missed someone. You did miss someone. I just made them your last one. Okay. <laughs> It was Tony Bradley. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Okay. That's okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So our list is, so in, sadly, as our definitive least handsome sixer, we have Derek Walton Jr. Wow. Which, funnily yeah. enough, no one had put him as, like, the least handsome, but we, he was all low oh, enough I on did. all of our lists. Well, yeah, you're fake list. Because I then, forgot Tony Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Um, but combined, it made him down. It put him at last. Got so it. then next, we have Lamine Diane. Mm-hmm. Then Terrence Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Next is Tony Bradley. Next is Danny Green. What number are we at now? We are at Danny Green is number 20. 16. Okay. Our, li- our list is definitely more – the guys that we know better, we find more handsome. <laughs> Shouldn't be surprising, but it is what it is. But that's – Danny fell – Danny's very low. Okay. Keep going. Um, number 15 is Dakota Mathias. Number 14 is Seth Curry. Oh, okay. I had Seth Curry 8. I know, yeah. You thought he was very handsome, but so me and you Dan, guys didn't agree. No. Well, Are you I thinking think of he's... Steph Curry? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's cute. You know, I think he's cute. All right. Wow. Okay. All right. Number thirteen, Paul Reed. Number twelve, the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Brokoff. Okay. Number eleven, or no? Am I on eleven? Yeah. Yeah. Justin Anderson, number uh, 10. Wait, so right now, my top 10 are all still in it. We're oh, really? My, so my top 10 is the top 10. I don't have any big surprises yet. My top 10, yeah, Seth Curry is, is out. So that's what I'm missing. All right. So, yeah, I had Justin Anderson in my top 10. Oh, okay. I had him 13. Number 10 is Mike Scott. Number nine is Furkan Korkmaz. So I had Furkan at 15. I had yeah, him at five. I had him nine. 
Whoa. Yeah, I don't know. Furcon's, Mine is high. Furcon's not my cup. I think Furcon's cute. Are you thinking of Seth Curry? <laughs> what? All right. Go ahead. What number? Number eight is okay. Tobias Harris. Dan had him I 20. <laughs> I had him nine. Yeah. I think this is a weird one because we all had him kind of low. Dan had him nine. Steve, Steve had him seven. I had him 10. But then when I think about it, like, he's like objectively very handsome. So, like, Extremely. that should tell you. Last you. Time we did this. I know. I don't know what happened. No, but that's to my list. how handsome a team we watched him is. play. <laughs> this is yeah, a very like, handsome team. It gets very hard. Yeah, it is. It was really hard. Yeah. So, okay. Number seven, Isaiah Joe. Ooh, I had him one. Whoa. He's extremely good looking. He is a very good looking guy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I had him 10. I think he's handsome, but I didn't. Wow. Emily, where did you have Isaiah Joe? I had him at six. So kind of right in the middle of you guys. Right. Okay. Wow. I love it. Okay. So then number, what number are we on? Six? Six? Yeah. Okay. Six is Tyrese Maxey. Oof. Our most handsome rookie. I had him at two. I had him at 10. I am at four. Mm, wow. I should say that some of these are like tied. Mm-hmm. But you can break so the like, tie however you want. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so number five, Shake Milton. Wow. Okay, I had him three. All right. So we're at the top four. We've got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Dwight Howard, and Matisse Thibel. I didn't read them in any particular order. Do you guys want to guess one through four what they are? Sure. Should we try to guess four? Sure. Who's number four? The lowest guy left on my list is Joel. The lowest guy left on my list is Dwight. It is Joel. Oof. Wow. I get it. I get it. So Joel is four. So making yeah. the top three, Ben Simmons, in some order, Ben Simmons, Dwight Howard, and Matisse. Matisse, yes. All right, so who do you think number three is? I'm going to say Dwight. Me too. Yeah, I think it has to be. And it is. It is. It is. All right, so, so now here it is. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, top two, Matisse, Thibel, Ben Simmons. Who took the top spot? Steve, who took the top spot? I will say Ben Simmons, which is who I had for number one. I had Ben Simmons number two, but Isaiah Joe number one, so I'll say Ben Simmons as well. It is Ben Simmons. He is our most handsome sixer. Me and Steve both had him number one. Who did you have two, Emily? I had Matisse two. So I had Matisse three. I docked Matisse a couple spots. I left him at four because of the hair behind the head. I want it, I want it to be more full. I also really loved his hair last year, the sort of poofy with the... With the blondes? With the I did too. Blonde. I really loved it. So Simmons, congratulations. We'll send him something um, for winning this. He will throw <laughs> it in the garbage. <laughs> Maybe an invite on the podcast or another dog. He could always use another dog. Yeah, that's his prize is an invite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a gift um that was great well done emily uh we should some way tell people about the, these rankings and uh share them with them but Wait, we'll guys that. i really do know what we should send ben simmons because okay. of all of his dogs i got this thing i'll post a picture of this on twitter because this is really bad radio <laughs> but my friend sent me this thing of luna can you see it 
she's like in a Shakespeare outfit. Oh yeah, I do see with the puffy collar. Yeah, so we yeah. could get that made of Ben's dog and send it to him. I think well, that was a Colangelo costume. <laughs> it's a big collar. Um, all right, well, that was a lot of fun. Before we get out of here, quickly, if you want to hit on some Bachelorette stuff, um, Zach C, we love Zach C here on the Gastroenteritis Blues. Um, he's from Philly. He opened up a lot last week, which was very great, and it was, I was happy to hear his story. Um, is there anybody that you particularly dislike that is still in the running? Uh, oh, right now there's, a, there's Bennett and Noah drama. Uh, <laughs> so what do you funny. think? What do you guys think about what's going on with Bachelorette, Emily? Um, I think, or I hope, I don't know if it'll happen. I hope she sends both Bennett and Noah home. <laughs> I'm sick of them, although I do think that they'll both be on Paradise and be mm. like what I really need in Paradise, but not what I need in The Bachelorette right now. Um, I feel like she's really narrowed it down to the four guys that she likes the most. So it's just a matter of time before she weeds out all these other guys to get down to business. Yeah. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I think they probably both get sent home. Ben is definitely getting sent, sent home. I think, I, uh, I, think we, I guess, you know, I've been wrong on my predictions plenty of times because the producers try to throw you a little bit, but I'm pretty sure she gets mad at him about the box. And what's this box too? Right. I love that that was the last the end of yeah. the episode. Like dun dun dun. It was so dramatic. Um <laughs> yeah, it was. I think that uh Riley is somebody I've enjoyed on the show. Mm-hmm. Dan and I mm-hmm. talked about the other day that he's just so serious. Like he never yeah, ever tells him. a joke or laughs. But my favorite Riley thing is when you know Spencer, the good looking newer one with black hair, they didn't like him. And uh Kenny, boy band manager who's no longer on the show was like, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but you seem like a dick. That was great. <laughs> and then Riley goes, it just completely alphas this guy. He goes, where I'm from, we call you lunch meat. I've never heard that before <laughs> or since, but I think it's so funny. And to see Spencer's reaction next to Riley, <laughs> Riley goes, we call you lunch meat. He goes, okay, great. Can I, <laughs> can I like leave now? I'm terrified. Uh, so yeah, I hope Riley calls somebody else lunch meat before the end of the show. Um, what do you guys think about Easy leaving? Easy Were you going? shocked? Steve, Steve, Steve sent me a sent me an article. So, oh, that one, yeah, right. Because yeah. so all we we my my girlfriend and I were watching the show. We're like, Easy is the sweetest. This is like such a fun date where they're being scared. I Google him to find out what his real name is. Bingo! Like sexual assault accusation, right there. It's like, wow, what a shame. He comes off so nicely. Um, then he told her, he told Tasha that he's falling in love with her. And she basically said, not, not for me. Not for me. So no. she sent him packing. I was surprised. Like, I was just surprised she wouldn't keep him around because there are all these other guys she didn't care like, about. Ed is still there. So, like, why can't <laughs> Easy be there? Right. Why is Ed still there? Ed, um, Ed, big Chris Harrison's you. keeping him around. He's a buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Ed looks like Jersey Boys. Um, Ed looks like you with a gigantic neck. I don't think that's a compliment. I don't think he's an it's not, man. It's, you're better looking than If him. we were to rank the most handsome Bachelorette contestants, Ed would be 20. Okay, and if you put me on the show, I would be 35. And there that's would not only true be, at all. That's not, most, of, most of the crew would be better looking than me. Hey, cut it out. I will not sanction they're, this. They're a great looking bunch. What can I say? <laughs> Um, well, there you go. That's the good Sixers podcast, in my opinion. Um, we did it. We'll be back next week uh, as we get closer to the season. 
next week, I guess, will be right before the uh, preseason, preseason game against the Celtics. Right. Um, I think that's all, unless you guys have anything else. No? No. Great. Good seeing you guys. Hope you have a good day and a good weekend, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Go watch Steve's movie. Yeah, watch yeah. Antarctica. Go watch it. You don't have to. Don't worry about no, it. No, you have to. <laughs> for this episode has come from ebay you know real when you feel it and with ebay authenticity guarantee you don't have to wonder you know that every inch stitch sole and logo will be checked by experts and verified authentic maybe it's a designer handbag sneakers that pop jewelry that shines as bright as you do with ebay authenticity guarantee you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach ensure your next purchase is the real deal Visit ebay.com for terms.